0: Boom, <smart noise> Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zelinsky.
1: Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Sheila Zelinsky Show for this June 1st, 2016 edition. I broadcast daily, that's weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday to Friday, right here on WINB. You can listen in high-quality CD stereo sound at WeekendVigilante.com. And to find out more ways how to listen to the program, you can listen, of course, by podcast, the customized app. Hey, I am getting some great feedback on that app, so go to the Listen tab on the menu at WeekendVigilante.com. If you have not already done so, go to my social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, In fact, it's a good idea to sign up for my YouTube videos as a lot of times, even before the podcast populates, the YouTube video does come out. So just a reminder, go to the top right of my website and you will see those social media icons on the right hand side of the pink bar at weekendvigilante.com. And of course, my shows are all available at iTunes as well. I hope that everyone had a chance to listen to the show I did on the Mandela effect and a lot of people have been emailing me and again I'm not going to rehash all that I think that there's a lot of distractions going on and so I really want to encourage people if they have not listened to the show I did on Friday on the Mandela effect I think the YouTube video is called Mandela Mayhem so I do hope you go back and listen to that and if you have not heard Dr. Ted Flynn on yesterday's show, do go back and listen to that. That's a very good show, and I'm getting a lot of very good feedback on that. Well, speaking of excellent guests, my guest today is Dr. Michael Kaufman. You've heard him on Alex Jones, Coast to Coast AM. He's appeared on countless radio and TV programs around the globe. He has a PhD in ecosystems analysis and climatology And he was the one who led a multimillion dollar research project in the 90s on global warming. And he is the leading expert on Agenda 21 and really on the entire green agenda. And he's one of the most well-respected men in his field. What a lot of people don't know is he and his group stopped the Convention on Biological Diversity from being ratified in the U.S. Senate. He authored one of my favorite books. It's also on my top five best reads. And the name of the book is simply Plundered. And I'm going to tell you, it's, that is a must-have book. I could go on and on all day with his impressive bio. But without further ado, Dr. Kaufman, welcome back to the program, sir. It's an honor.
0: Well, thank you very much. I'm very glad to be with you.
1: Dr. Kaufman, someday when the historians are sifting through the ashes of what once was the free West, trying to assess what happened, they're going to discover that our freedom was hijacked by this green agenda. America, it's at war, and it doesn't even know it. Christians are certainly at war against this green agenda. And one of the things that's really interesting, when I first wrote Green Gospel, I remember about a week after it came out, I was invited on this Christian broadcasting network, and one of the pastors said to me, but Sheila, we're supposed to protect the earth as Christians. Where I want to start, Dr. Kaufman, what does the Bible say about the issue of environmentalism?
0: Well, the Bible deals with environmental issues on a common sense basis. In other words, what God has created, we do not want to destroy. And God has given, according to Genesis in chapter 1, the right to kill Mother Earth, or the right to get produce, produce, and so forth from Mother Earth, uh, and that really infuriates environmentalists because what they believe is that Mother Earth should subdue us, and as a consequence, we have a very vicious battle going on within this country right now and around the world to some extent, where environmentalists are all out to destroy capitalism in the United States. And one of the things that just shook me right down on my shoes, I knew it, but I had never seen it in writing, is that back in January, the head of the United Nations Climate Change Group, not the IPCC, but the Department for United Nations for Climate Change, came out and said that the whole purpose of the United Nations IPCC, which is their functioning limb as it were to determine what kind of global warming problems we we're having and so forth and then do something about it. She said the whole purpose of having all of these proposed treaties and restrictions and regulations on different nations and so forth was to destroy capitalism. Now I want to repeat that. You're probably in a state of shock. It wants to destroy capitalism. That's the purpose of all this global warming stuff when you all suddenly realize that most of what has happened makes sense because all of their science does not point to man as causing global warming in fact we're having uh, this is this reached 18 and a half year period in which there has been no global warming some of the actual data show that there may, may be a global cooling i'll talk about global cooling a little bit later on but the key point here is that the United Nations and hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars spent by nations like the United States to try to prove global warming, to try to establish a system separate from that that will cause us to reduce our carbon dioxide emissions is nothing more than a pathway to destruction. It is a pathway that will destroy our industry because our industry base is is based on – fossil fuels, and capitalism. You cannot have the economy that the United States has had the last 100 years or more without capitalism. You can't do it. Now, there are a lot of deficiencies in capitalism. No, no, get me wrong. There are. But we can take care of those by laws, and we have. I mean, the old industrial barons and so forth of the early 19th century are gone because we've passed laws and so forth to control that. that was really a bad situation where they were exploiting the poor and all the rest. That doesn't mean it's perfect today. It's not. But you can't find any place in history, no place in history, that has produced a middle class that is prosperous as much as you have with capitalism. All of the other economic models, the one that we're under right now, we're no longer under a capitalistic system. We're basically under neo-fascism, but there is a really a more of a Keynesian economics, the paradigm where the banks control the economy of the country in collaboration with the government. Now, that's where it gets into this neo-fascism stuff, because neo-fascism basically is a partnership between industry and the government. And when you have that, you have a disaster.
1: Disaster is correct. The West is really being radically transformed into a soulless, ungodly Marxist society too, to take that one step further from neo-fascism. America's not the last bastion of freedom. It is the first and the only one, and for that it's under attack, is it really represents everything the founding fathers envisioned, a nation of free people under God, public education in this progressive mainstream bobbleheaded media, they've indoctrinated Americans to accept a collectivist cabal's Marxist ideas as a valid part of the American way, and they are not They are diametrically opposed to the constitutional republican liberties established by our founding fathers on fundamental moral tenets of biblical law, aren't they?
0: Absolutely, they are. And my book, America Plundered, which we talked about at the very beginning of the program, goes through that and how that happened. Not in as much detail as I'd have liked. It would have taken a three- or four-inch book to do that. But at least it leads the person to be able to join the dots on the page and start to make sense out of what's going on. Because right now, most Americans live in, in a deluded state. I mean, I'm literally saying they're under delusion because they have no idea what's going on. Anytime something comes up, the popular press will suppress it. And, and usually they do it by vilifying any opposition. And that concerns me because we're at that point now where in, say, global warming, all of the skeptics are being vilified. They're not they're not being attacked with scientific facts. They're being attacked with homilies against their very nature, that they did this or they did that. Something on the effect of what has been exposed the last month or so with the Clinton Foundation. We're seeing that being used as the bully pulpit to destroy the actual image. I mean, people's lives have been, their jobs and so forth have been destroyed because of the literal acrimony and hatred that comes out of the opposition of the progressives.
1: Yes, I agree. Well, and just back in March, people can look this up, do a search on this. Attorney General, I call it Loretta Lynch Mob, looks into prosecuting climate change deniers. And I'll take that one step further. There's an actual website, Dr. Kaufman, dedicated to calling people like me, actually, my name is mentioned on there, they're calling me a climate criminal. I'm a climate criminal.
0: Well, so am I. I mean, there's no, we're all labeled, anybody that disagrees with the the human induced climate change is labeled as a criminal or it really is amazing. And they're the first ones a couple decades ago to be screaming for free speech. Now that they're in positions of power, they're trying to literally shut down free speech. Most Democrats can't think beyond their front nose. And that's a strong statement to use, but I'm having to use it now. And, I, and not all Democrats fall in that place. But the progressive Democrats are just horrifying. They will take a one-liner and turn it into a whole belief system or whatever the progressive leadership wants to do. They don't ever think. And they, and when you go back, and that's the nice thing about the Plundered book, is if you go back 100 years ago when Europe was being socialized, that's exactly what was happening to Europe. I mean, the same kinds of phrases, the same kinds of strategies, and so forth that the progressives use today were used 100 years ago in Europe, which basically brought Europe to a point where We would have not survived if it had not been for the United States, literally would not have survived with their socialist ideas had the United States not been there with their capitalistic ideas in order to help them out when they got into really times of crisis. It's just mind boggling to realize how deadly this progressive belief system really is.
1: I concur. It is very deadly. And what else is so entirely frightening to me is the amount of young people that say things like, oh, free speech, that's so last century. This collective mindset of our young people, well, look no further than Bernie Socialism Sanders, who is very popular with the young people. But that is really, it's just amazing to me that these anti-capitalists are so popular with our young generation. All of these characters are against capitalism.
0: Yeah, it really is amazing. And we we add to that the Christina Figueres, who's the Executive Secretary of the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, saying it's our purpose of all of these environmental issues was to destroy capitalism. It is unbelievable, unbelievable that they're trying to destroy capitalism, which in itself is very destructive to our economy. They have to have a treaty implemented, So they can control CO2, which in turn allows them to control the actual industry of planet Earth. But once they have control over CO2, anyone that wants to start a factory or improve a factory or whatever the case might be, or business, doesn't matter, the fact is that the United Nations will have control over that by controlling the amount of carbon dioxide emissions. It is an astonishing thing. Now, they've tried this, of course, quite a few times in the past and have failed, failed dismally. But this time, they're working behind the scenes with the G7, with the Catholic Church, with a variety of other really powerhouses, in the, you know, financial powerhouses in the world to force it upon everyone else without a complete consensus of uh, the parties that have to sign on to this. Somehow, they know how they're going to slip it in. And it will be a regular Donnybrook, I'm pretty sure, when when it finally happens and there are those nations like China for instance who are expanding their electrical power grid and fossil fuel use by one to two new coal fire plants a month. You know, which adds tremendous pollution. I mean you can see it on the satellites and so forth. And I don't blame them per se because you cannot bring your your nation into the twenty first century without electricity. 90% of our, our goods and services are produced by electricity. When you look at fossil fuel or the use of fossil energy of some sort, almost everything in your office or your home is made of fossil fuels. Your computer, your printers, your books, almost everything that you have that you use, the phone that I'm on and, and, that you're, and the radio that you're listening to and so forth, all have fossil fuels as their core component in their matrix in some way or another. And when you realize that and then say, now the United Nations is planning to have the emissions of carbon dioxide world down to 73% to 94% of pre-treaty levels, you're talking about a staggering amount by 2050.
1: Yes. Well, some of their goals are so ridiculous. And what's more ridiculous they demonize CO2. CO2 is the God-given necessary byproduct for human life on this earth. It's plant food. So here's my question. If they're so concerned about the species and Mother Gaia, Mother Earth, why don't they increase CO2?
0: Well, that's it. Absolutely. In fact, you have satellite images of the planet Earth that shows that there has been a great amount of greening in the northern latitudes, Due to carbon dioxide, the fact that it's green already, it shows that we have plants that will grow now with more CO2, probably 20 to 30% more than they would have prior to the Industrial Revolution that caused the increase in carbon dioxide. So we need to be doing more to emit carbon dioxide rather than less as far as what would be good environmentally because the forest benefits by increased carbon dioxide. A staggering amount. I mean, we have seen where before droughts have destroyed crops and so forth, where because of the increase in carbon dioxide, could actually stand more drought than those that we have no increased carbon dioxide. The science on this is just its really a blockbuster when you really look at it. It could increase food production in the world by somewhere between 20 and 30% in the next, oh, say, 30 years or so if we just allowed carbon dioxide to increase. Instead, we're having policies and so forth to shut down the release of carbon dioxide. Not because it's good for the environment, not because it's good for people, it's because it's good for these global elites to control the industry and the economies of nations. Because once they get that control over carbon dioxide, goodbye economy. And as a consequence, what we're seeing really is a major threat against the ecology and the people of the United States.
1: Well, and as people can see, this elite brigade of zealots, they've clearly created a political platform to carry out their collectivist goals, utilizing something even Karl Marx himself never envisioned. They've essentially hijacked the very air we breathe through their evil genius. Karl Marx would have salivated at the idea of utilizing junk pseudoscience to force you to believe that your lifestyle is responsible for altering the Earth's atmosphere. It really is unbelievable.
0: It really is, and I've often called it that because while I hate what they're doing, I literally hate what they're doing, I have to admit they have been brilliant at doing it. Now, are these people doing it because they're trying to, to gain control, well, yes, but really what they're trying to do is to implement what they really honestly believe in. Most of these people have a major... I mean, there's been a lot of written stuff about this in psychology today and so forth. A lot of these people just cannot connect to reality because of there's a pathological problem with the way they think. They cannot connect to reality. And global warming is one of the biggest disconnects we have ever seen in planet Earth. I mean, obviously, we have more people and so forth. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the fact that the reality of the situation cannot be understood by these people. They literally cannot understand them. And so they launch into these great green programs of wind and solar power. Do you know how much wind power provided after hundreds of billions of dollars were spent here in the United States, 1.4%. Yeah,
1: what a joke. And why did they scrap all of them in Europe?
0: Well, and that's the other thing. It's totally failed in Europe. Most of the, the people are, tr- most of the nations are trying to get out of green energy at this point because it's been such an absolute and total failure. And we told them back in 10 or 15 years ago, you cannot have, you know, solar and wind power. with the space technology. Now, I hope someday in the future we can. Uh, I'm not against it. It's just the fact that it's a fallacious disconnect right now because people think they will. Solar, 0.3%, 0.3%, hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars have gone into this. And we're expected to be able to reduce carbon emissions by 28%, by 2025 are 90% by 2050? That's ludicrous. That's a path to suicide, just as Europe is going through right now. They put a lot of money, trillions of dollars, into this, and it's turned out to be a total failure because solar power isn't producing energy when the sun's not shining, which is really more than 20 half of 24 hours a day because you have clouds and so forth. And then w- wind. Wind almost created a a major crisis in England three years ago, four years ago, when they were taking coal-fired plants offline, and they had a January in which you had very, very low winds. You have those really cold outbreaks where it's down to zero, and there's very little wind associated with that. Well, it didn't take long before the windmills and the solar power failed, and you had millions of people in England... That were without power, literally without power, and they were freezing to death. Most of your, most of your uh, European homes depend upon electricity for their primary heat. You're talking about some really bad things. And has this government, has President Obama, recognized that carbon dioxide and fossil fuel his attack on is useless? From the European example, have he learned anything? No. In fact his new climate policy shows clearly he has no idea. It was written by its radical environments that basically said that we are having massive increases in hurricanes, tornadoes and so forth. All of these weather extreme weather events that the talked about in the new policy of Obama, none of them are occurring. The fact is though that he has denied and he has used time and time again some of these environmentalist extremist statements that we are having massive destruction due to, in fact, he calls it billion a billion-dollar-a-year problem of tornadoes and, and so forth that can only be resolved by ameliorating these extreme events. But we're not having these extreme events. In fact, tornadoes and hurricanes are, are all-time low, measured low for the last 150 years. It's unbelievable how he just totally ignores the facts and proclaims that these things are happening and we must do this and we must do that to take your freedoms away.
1: Well, and what is so surprising to me, well, I guess nothing surprises me anymore, but what really is shocking is how the Catholic Church has jumped on board of this global green theology. Pope Francis promulgates his Marxist ideologies every chance he gets. This Pope getting involved in climate politics, since when is the Pope a climatologist?
0: It is literally, literally astonishing that the Catholic Church, but you shouldn't be too surprised because the Pope has actually been defined as a socialist by many, many outside sources. And that kind of thinking is pure socialist thinking. And he's been indoctrinated. Various cardinals hate capitalism. Well, once you start hating capitalism, you start hating mankind, because capitalism has been the best thing that has come. And they, and they don't realize it, because they have been so fully indoctrinated with a socialist background. And as a, as a consequence, they're at that point where I was t- describing earlier, they cannot see why they're wrong. They literally cannot see it, and they will resist any attempt to try to convince them that capitalism really has a much better place in uh, the world's economy than does socialism.
1: Well, and really the theme here that runs through all of this is the gall contempt that these people have for humanity. Has that been a surprise to you?
0: No, and I haven't been for probably 30 years. I saw this coming back way 30 years ago, even when I was working in industry and so forth, the realization that we have a problem, and it's us, the old Pogo uh, routine, the cartoon routine. The fact that it really talks about the hatred of mankind, but that's really at the basis of their belief system. And almost all of the socialists, have a very bitter spirit for one reason or another. I'm not going to say that everybody does, but when you really have a more positive attitude in the center of your spirit and your heart and so forth, you're going to see the positive things that can be done. But when you have a bitter spirit, just like the Bible says, it will destroy you. It will destroy you, and it is destroying us.
1: Yeah, it is destroying us. And don't forget, Gaia worship it considers Christianity to be its biggest nemesis. It's unbelievable how much they hate us Christians.
0: It is unbelievable. When I have had the opportunity to talk to them and not build walls, you know, you got you have to be very careful. They have a really bad hatred for Christianity. And of course, we're seeing that on a worldwide scale now. I mean, Christianity is being attacked by everyone. It's unbelievable. And yet... They claim they don't. And who are you supposed to believe? I I believe what I see, how they have acted in relationship to various Christian things. And they have reacted very, 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 very poorly. In fact, have stimulated some of the persecution and so forth of the world, and even in this country itself. No one has died yet here, but, but I don't expect to be that far in the future. And we're seeing every effort to corral Christianity. That If you violate that rule, you go to jail because you're obviously, you're a homophobe and so forth. So it's not far in, in coming. In fact, for years, I said it's just around the corner. I mean, for decades. And it didn't, you know, because there was so much natural goodness in this country, I think because of the Christian structure of our laws and so forth, that it didn't happen until we had a president that literally was forcing us to bow down to Gaia, to bow down to homosexuality and all the rest. He has done more to destroy this moral fabric of this nation than any other individual, I think, in all of of U.S. history, and he is very close. In fact, I've often wondered if we're going to survive long enough to to get another president because he has set in place things that cannot be changed without congressional authorization which would mean years of work after he is out of office to uncouple and and derail different things that he's put in motion.
1: Yeah, he is a devil. And speaking of the devil, I think the point that people miss in all of this, this whole agenda is very satanic. The United Nations, that's right out of the pit of hell. And this is where Christians have to make this connection. This whole agenda the underlying theme of it, just like at the Earth Summit, when they did their invocation, that was about Lucifer.
0: Yes, it is. You have to recognize it's Lucifer. And what they're basically saying is that Lucifer needs to take control through the plan. Now, who, what's the plan? Alice Bailey's plan. and, and it's, She's got 27 books that she supposedly wrote under the influence of a master. In other words, a demon was helping to write those books, and a demon is, our demons, is basically uh, responsible for all of the efforts to try to get the world under Satan's controls. And it's not, I don't think, any accident that, um, oh, what was the famous book back in the 50s? The Bible of a lot of progressives.
1: Oh, um, Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals.
0: Right. He dedicated that book to Satan. Now think about that.
1: Yeah, and Hillary Clinton loved Saul Alinsky. She was a big fan.
0: Yeah, I know, and Hillary, Hillary loves him. In fact, was actually implementing part of his plan while her husband was president. I assume she tried to do as what she could while she was Secretary of State, too. But nonetheless, what you're, you're seeing here is that everything, when you get down to the very tips of the root, it's all related to Satanism and Satan.
1: Absolutely. And guess who the biggest satanic, socialist, Lucifer-loving environmentalist was? Hitler. Isn't that astonishing?
0: It is. When you looked at Hitler in his fascism, Hitler was a very strong environmentalist. Most people don't recognize that. And he was deep into the occult, mostly with Helena Belaski, not Alice Bailey so much. But nonetheless, it's, it's the same New Age concepts of having nature reign whatever planet you're on, that there's this wholeness. We're just part of a vast universe. There's no real difference between us and, and maybe somebody on another planet and so forth. They're all part of the whole. And you just meld into this oneness. But their whole point is that we have this oneness, this ideological oneness. And that leads into the mind thinking that, You know, if your leader wants us to do this, then you do it automatically because you're part of the whole, and you just do your part. Well, that will not work for very long, folks, because there are always people out in the world who want to rule you. And when they do, you need to push back, or you will be subsumed into their influence and not be able to rationally think about anything. It is a form of madness I have never seen before. And it's totally anti-realistic. Now, it's based on emotion, and understand this. The average progressive has a uh, mental maturity of a teenager. You have seen how Oprah and so forth have jumped up from couches and stormed out of an audience because she didn't like what was will That's very classic, very classic for this mentality. They don't have any emotional control. And as a consequence, you just have a bunch of quarreling teenagers out there basically following their, their guru, whoever he happens to be, right now it's Obama or was. I don't think it is anymore. You don't make decisions rationally. You just don't. I mean, you can go back 100 years and see how this disease, which I'm calling it, has influenced decisions made by Wilson, by Theodore Roosevelt in the 30s, and so forth, that have given us major economic collapses, because their policies are not based on reality. They're based on emotions. And we are seeing the same thing happen right now, and you need to be warned. You need to take some sort of action with your senators and congressmen and so forth to say no, that we are not going to sign anything out of the United Nations on climate change, period, because it will be forced down our necks if they get their way. Right now, it looks like they're trying to develop a policy That is not called a treaty, but we would still be held bound to it. And, in fact, the one power structure they're trying to do without any input from Congress is President Obama. Are we seeing the development of a tyrannical president? You bet we are. And you really have to understand that what is really at stake here, it is major, major, when you see all nations assumed to the United Nations on carbon dioxide emissions and so forth, what you're going to see is more tyranny, increasing tyranny, until the point is that we have no liberties left whatsoever. And that's what really drives me. I mean, it's really important to understand that. You know, as a little segue, let me just introduce the whole issue of uh, other gases. What we're seeing here is new regulations being developed for methane, Because methane is 24 to 70 times more potent as a greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide, except that methane does nothing for global warming, absolutely nothing, even though it's more powerful. What happens is, and this is what you need to understand, when you hear some radio announcement saying that we're moving along on the methane issue and uh, it's a horrible greenhouse gas and so forth, uh, just understand where they're coming from, a complete state of ignorance, because methane absorbs radiation from the Earth in the global warming cycle the same way water vapor does, at the same wavelengths water vapor does. And there is somewhere between 86 and 96% of all global warming is caused by changes in water vapor. Yes. Well, if water vapor is already absorbing all of the uh, wavelengths of heat energy, then methane is completely neutral. It doesn't have any influence at all. We can get rid of all methane, it wouldn't change a thing. So understand the deviousness of how this administration is confusing people with all kinds of idiotic ideas like methane, as well as just twisting the science. Right now, it's just been discovered, well, it has been over the last couple of years, but we're getting almost complete proof now that all of the climate data around the world has been adjusted or manipulated in order to show that the past was much cooler and the present is much warmer than what the actual raw data show. In other words, it, it reverses the, the slope from one of cooling to one of warming. In other words, if you use the raw data, you're going to show that the Earth has declined in temperature or at least remained fairly stable during the last 100 years or so. It is really astonishing. This had to be done deliberately, and there's only four organizations that actually produce the data on temperatures. That's NASA, NOAA, and a group over in England called CRU are controlling the data, and they have adjusted the data to show tremendous gains in temperature that didn't exist in the raw data at all. Understand how bad these people want it. I don't know, they must be paying these scientists a lot of money to get them to lie so badly.
1: Yes, but when it's a religion, well, then the end justifies the means. It's like Canadian Environmental Minister Christine Stewart, who said, no matter if the science of global warming is all phony, climate change provides the greatest opportunity to bring about justice and equality in the world. So all this is really justifiable if it is your religion, which is why I called my book Green Gospel, because environmentalism really is a religion, but it's a very dangerous religion.
0: It really is. This is a religion. You have to identify it as such. And it's very dangerous, as we're beginning to see now. If we go into global cooling, we're really up against a major assault upon humanity and the ecosystems of the world. We had the last cycle of one and a half degrees less than it is today, back in the 17 and 1800s. And there was massive starvation. The crops couldn't grow. It was too cold. Or, the, or you had a killing frost, either just into the season or just before harvest. Once you start this process of starvation, then you have other things, like the plagues and so forth, that came into Europe. All because the temperature dropped one and a half degrees. It really is stunning. If we go into that now, we have modern technology, we have modern agriculture. We'll be able to help part of that, but at the same time, it's going to cause devastation beyond anything that global warming can do uh, in the in the next 100 years. I, I just hope it doesn't happen. But every indication, the sun is in hibernation now, or going into hibernation. That's what happened back 150 years, 200 years ago, and we seem to be facing. We haven't had any warming in the last 18 and a half years. In fact, some some data show global cooling. What we're seeing here is probably the very first stages of a 20 to 30 year period where it's going to be much cooler than what we've seen in a long time. You have to recognize when these idiots create these policies that they're trying to do right now, they're going to put you on the wrong policy and, and actually exacerbate an already critical situation. If Americans knew how much danger they were in, I think they would react. But they're in a stupor. They're a delusion. They have been prepared to be in a delusion through our education system since the early 1900s. And as a consequence, they—you know we have several generations now out that are just, uh, yeah, I guess I believe that.
1: Well, I'll tell you, it's time that people woke up. You mentioned that word stupor. You got that right. They're just in an absolute dystopic stupor. That is a really good word you use there. Dr. Kaufman, I really appreciate all the work that you've done. I shudder to think what would happen if you hadn't stopped the convention on biological diversity from being ratified. Yikes. Your book, America Plundered, is one of my favorite books. And I really want to encourage the listeners to get a copy of this. So how can people pick up a copy of the book physically or in ebook? book
0: Yes, um, it is on Kindle if you wanted to save a, some money there. But the actual book is America Plundered, and it's on AmericaPlundered.com. So go to AmericaPlundered.com, go down about a half a page or so, and you'll find the book's description and all the rest there, a much more description than you'll get on Amazon. I think you can't help but be I have gotten nothing but rave reviews from this particular book. But you have to be somewhat enlightened. And I think by listening to this program, you're probably part of that crew that are enlightened as to what's going on and just need some hard information to really pull it together so you can explain it better to other people. And this book will help you do that.
1: Yes, this book will do that indeed. There you go, folks, AmericaPlundered.com. Dr. Kaufman, thank you again for your time today. You really are one of the few men who really get this green agenda. And I really appreciate your time, sir. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That was a good interview. Thank you.
1: Folks, that was Dr. Michael Kaufman. His information is linked on today's bio, June 1st, 2016. I have a lot of new listeners that are tuned into the program. And I want to remind you, that on this topic, do get a copy of my book, Green Gospel. You can very easily go to greengospel.ca. Check out what Steve Quayle says about the book. Dr. Tom Horn, he has something to say too. Go check out the website. And let me know what you think about the website, greengospel.ca. I think you'll find it very interesting when you do go visit greengospel.ca. So do check that out. And I do hope you think my work is worth... Supporting. And speaking of support, this ministry is 100% listener funded. It is uncut, unbiased, pretty much unplugged. You're not going to find too many places that have the kind of information that I have on my program. So I hope you are very blessed by this program, and I do hope you think it's worth keeping on the air. Thank you very much for tuning into the program tonight, folks. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night, and God bless you.